Now I set it alongside the shaving mirror and consulted it from time to time as I worked on my face. Dario sat and watched, a foul-smelling cigarillo dangling like a fuse from his lips. Still working at the university, are you? I asked. Despite myself, I was nervous and needed conversation to steady the hand wielding the cutthroat razor. In line for senior lecturer, he said proudly. In moral philosophy, I laughed. He looked offended, but I wasn't impressed. He'd looked offended eight years ago when I'd offered him his first bribe. He and a couple of FALN militants, the guerrilla wing of FLN, the National Liberation Front, had broken into my ranch house to assassinate me. Dario, a first-year university student, had come along out of bravado and had saved himself by collapsing in a dead faint when Luis had cut his two companions in half with a machine pistol. He'd wanted to effect the same division on Dario, only more slowly, but I'd taken pity on the boy's youth and also his good sense as he spilled everything he knew about F.A.L.N. into my tape recorder. After he'd finished, I pointed out to him how distressed his friends would be to hear that tape, and then offered him a very large retainer if he'd care to work for me. I'd read the man right. The combination of bribery and blackmail was irresistible, and he returned to his F.A.L.N. cell as the heroic survivor of a desperate assault on the vastly superior might of the English criminal fascist. My idea at first was merely to use him as a listening post in the midst of my enemies, but then it had occurred to me that if ever I should need to get out of Venezuela without anyone knowing I'd gone, someone like Dario could be very useful. Just to disappear would have been easy enough— but what I really wanted was to be able to convince the powers that be on both sides of the Atlantic that I was safely taken care of. So was born the plan. I never really thought I'd have to use it. I winced now as I drew the razor down my left jawbone. There was a large bruise where the pistol had hit me. Look what that lunatic's done, I said angrily. Dario shrugged. You're lucky it's not worse. He thought it was for real. They all did. Who are they? Some of my students, enthusiasts for the cause. Don't worry about the bruise. I brought some makeup to cover white skin where the sun hasn't burnt you. It should do the trick. It wasn't perfect, but it helped. I rubbed it along my jaw and into my scalp, where I'd thinned twin tracks into my hair to give a widow's peak. A pair of spectacles finished the job. William Banks stared back at me out of the mirror, bespectacled, balding, with a neatly clipped blonde moustache. I didn't look exactly like the passport photograph, but who the hell does? Dario looked at me critically, nodded his approval, and said, You'll pass. Senor, about my money, it'll be in your account tomorrow. I glanced at William Banks's Omega Digital. Three hours, is that right? You'll have things to do. Do them quietly, okay? I'll catch some sleep. He looked at me in disbelief for a moment. How he looked after a moment, I don't know. Seated on the hard chair in front of the rough table which held the shaving mirror, I sank rapidly into a deep and precisely measured sleep. As I waited for my flight to be called at Simon Bolivar the following morning, I bought a copy of El Universal. My kidnapping got a big splash. The text of an FALN message was printed with only minor omissions, notably the obscene adjectives which always introduced the president and his government. There was some nice rhetoric. 
The world vomits to see how our beloved country harbors the criminal detritus of other nations. Only a government of criminals would extend the hand of friendship to other criminals. How much of Swift's stolen millions has gone into the pockets of our corrupt officials? The FLN does not attack the people, nor does it want money belonging to the people. All it wants for the safe release of this evil man is the chance to use his ill-gotten wealth for the true benefit of the people, plus the following legitimate demands. The list of legitimate demands was long and comprehensive. The editor of El Universal suggested wryly that it wasn't very skillful bargaining to stress so emphatically the worthlessness of what you were selling. I smiled. It was going to give the British press a problem, too. I mean, they couldn't really express their customary jingoistic indignation when they didn't give a damn.